founded this one in 2012 after stints at Amazon and eBay, helping big brands really understand how to drive higher returns on their e-commerce products, uh, moving right now, kind of focusing, doubling down on larger brands. They've got about 36 customers doing, call it 10 million bucks today in ARR. They've raised 20 million bucks to drive this growth. Net revenue retention annually, call it in the 110 to 120% range. Willing to spend up to one year of ACV on acquisition, so call it 100 grand there. A team of 80 people between California and India. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Guru Hari Haran. He founded Boomerang Commerce with a vision to empower intelligent commerce. Formerly a leader at Amazon, he worked in the inceptive stages of Amazon's supply chain and merchandising organizations. He co-founded one of Amazon's cloud businesses, established Amazon's first B2B marketing channel, and invented Amazon's selling coach to help brands and sellers be successful with Amazon. At eBay, he was GM of Marketplace Experience, led the global team that launched eBay's fast shipping program as well. He earned his MS in computer engineering from the University of Texas in Austin and his MBA from the Wharton School. Boomerang's commerce IQ powers growth automation on Amazon for Kellogg's, Kimberly-Clark, Logitech, and numerous other top-tier brands. Guru, are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, it takes some balls to leave Amazon when they're growing so fast. What convinced you to do it? You know, you follow your dream. So uh, it was uh, it was time at some point. It was I was doing the same thing again and again. And uh, uh, you can either be you can either follow the money or you can follow a dream. So at some point in your career, you got to you got to choose a path. And was eBay before or after Amazon? Uh, it was right after Amazon. OK, so it was Amazon, eBay, then quit eBay. That's right. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, get my uh, get myself into the Silicon Valley and move to the Bay Area, get to know the place and all that. So it was uh, spent a short, like a short stint about a year at eBay. Well, Guru, just to be clear, it's probably a little easier to quit eBay than it is to quit Amazon, right? <laughs> it was definitely. Amazon was a harder choice for sure. All right. So so describe what you're doing for me. I mean, what it looks like you're doing is helping some of these bigger brands merchandise effectively via Amazon as a channel. That's right. Yeah. So again, as you mentioned, uh, our vision is to power intelligent commerce. What does that mean? We're building intelligent applications for retailers and brands to win market share online. Um, so why do we need to do that? So uh, if you look at uh, uh, the way that e-commerce or the re- or modern retail is, uh, is working, the analysts completely changed the game for consumer brands. Take, for instance, Amazon as a poster child. Double click into Amazon. It's an algorithm. Uh, and it's a machine that you need to figure out how to work with. The age-old techniques that you as a consumer brand used to use to work with brick-and-mortar retailers like Target or Kroger just does not work. You need a machine to work with a machine called Amazon, and we have built that machine, which uh, consumer brands are using, to grow profitably uh, at a phenomenal rate on on e-commerce channels like Amazon. Business model is SaaS, or is it percent of sales, or what? It is SaaS, your okay. SaaS. Interesting. So so I don't want to go down every customer cohort because I'm sure you have probably power laws in your base. But in, generally speaking, what's a brand going to pay you per month for this tool? Uh, typically, our ARR, our, our ACVs are anywhere between uh, 300, uh, 100K to 500. Uh, depends on the uh, the revenue, number of SKUs, and the complexity in their business. But that's, uh, that's a typical ACV. Revenue, number of SKUs, any other pricing axes like you know additional product modules or number of seats? That's exactly the modules, not seats. Uh, it's an unlimited usage, but uh, we have two different modules. One is a sales module and one is the marketing module. So depending on what you use, uh, you, uh, you, you pay. And that also creates a very nice upsell model for us that we can go in and uh, once customers 
uh, use our product and get hooked to it. It provides a nice way for us, for our sales team to go out and uh, and sell them more. So, so with those powerful pricing axes, revenue, number of SKUs, and then kind of module add-ons. Uh, sorry, you said number of seats or module add-ons? Modules. Okay, modules, uh, not seats. Um, go ahead. Yeah, that's what. So yeah, no seats. Okay, no seats. Yeah, revenue, SKU, and product modules. Um, with those powerful kind of upsell mechanisms, what have you driven expansion revenue to year over year? Well, so in the so we've got two businesses. The retail business is uh, is a little bit more mature, and uh, and the brands business is brand new. Uh, it's about uh, three quarters uh, three quarters in that we are we're doing this. Uh, but one of our early customers has just doubled their um, ACV with us uh, from year one and, to year two. Yes, uh, but then it's again very early uh, signs. Uh, we do expect to sort of uh, um, have a high upsell rate in our retail business. We've, we've enjoyed a very good uh, net retention, net and gross retention rate. Um, and uh, that's how high are you? If you don't mind me asking. asking. Well, it's uh, uh, it's it's above a hundred percent in terms of uh, uh, the uh, gross retention rate. Uh, if, if you look at wait, the, hold on, hold on. Gross retention can't be above above a hundred percent. Net retention can. I'm sorry. Yeah. So net retention rate is okay. above percent. Yep. Yep. How far? Like 110 percent, 120 or lower? Somewhere in that region. Uh, it's a little bit complicated given that uh, the retail market has been a little challenged in terms of their um, uh, in, in, in terms of just the existence of uh, of the business. There are some customers that we've had in the retail market who've gone bankrupt. So if you sort of back them out then uh, it's way above 120%. Interesting. Uh, but that's uh, it's a, it, that's the challenge that we had to face with. And in fact, that was the reason why we had to expand our market and get into a newer market, which is more uh, a tier one and uh, provides an ability for us to scale sales linearly. Guru, when you mean when you mean kind of pivot into a new market, you basically, what I mean, that you're codifying this, you're moving upstream to Fortune 100 brands. That's right, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Put this on a timeline for me. When did you launch? Uh, we started the company in uh, 2012 and uh, took our Series A. We were in the tech, we were in TechCrunch Disrupt. We were one of the uh, finalists in uh, New York in 2014. Uh, and right after that, we raised our Series A. And uh, uh, two, three years in, we raised our Series B. And uh, the first uh, inaugural product was the retail product, uh, Dynamic Pricing, uh, where we would help retailers uh, change their pricing online depending on demand signals. And uh, we recently launched our Commerce IQ product, which is the product for the uh, uh, for the consumer brands, which helps them grow on e-commerce channels. And that was uh, in 2018. So total in the company today in terms of funding is how much? A little over 20 million. Okay, a little over 20 million. And when was the last round you said? It was a couple of years ago. Okay, couple. So like what, 2015, 16? 2016, yep. 2016. Yep. Okay, so that means, I mean, once you raise venture capital, you're on a flywheel. Every about 18 months, you got to be raising or you're in acquisition talks. Which one is it? Well, it's, uh, we're, so I've always, it, it's, uh, I think it's, a, um, I, I may not subscribe to the, uh, to the idea of constantly raising. Uh, we, as a company, have always been very careful about what is the right uh, pace at which you, you grow. Uh, we've sort of uh, moved away from the concept of uh, growth at any pace, which is uh, uh, which is really followed in the Silicon Valley, or at least it was a couple of years ago, to really a growth at the right pace. Um, for instance, one of the tenets that we have in financial models uh, for any year is our cash burn has to be is equal to or lower than the new ARR that we add that year. 
So um, from that standpoint, we've always been uh, sort of a very cash efficient company. And um, uh, I don't know if I would want to raise a lot of capital in, in building this company. I think this is a very A-class market. The retention rates are very high. ACVs are very solid. The customers are top tier. And uh, if we can continue this path, uh, this should be a very good cash efficient business uh, with an inherent growth rate that we can enjoy and, and, uh, and, and, and grow at a, at, a, at a very good pace. Are you profitable, cash flow positive today? Uh, we are uh, we are not cash flow positive, but as I said, uh, we are the new AR. The, the nature of the SaaS business is, is in such a way that you have to uh, add a bunch of uh, uh, invest in sales in order to get your uh, get your revenue for the next year. So from that standpoint, uh, we our our cash burn every year uh, is equal to a lower than the new AR net new ARR that we add that year. Yeah. Well, by the way, that's why if you're a fast growing SaaS company, you raise more because you clearly identified where to spend money to then drive AR. So if someone if someone tells me they're not raising in a SaaS company, they haven't raised for a couple of years, it actually tells me growth is probably flatlining. Well, so I think uh, there's also an aspect of uh, um, taking a step back to expand our target market. So we had to sort of uh, um, in the in, in this year, uh, we worked very hard to market. Our TAM significantly increased. Uh, we were going after a target market of about uh, three to 400 prospects uh, in, the, in, the, in the US. And now we are, uh, we are chasing a TAM of over 5,000 con- consumer brands uh, in the US. So we had to sort of take one step to build R&D and build a new product and launch it into the new market. Now is the time for acceleration. But as I said, I think it's a, while I completely respect the uh, ideology of growing, uh, pouring money and raising more to, uh, to grow, uh, we're tr- we 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 think we have figured out a very good sweet spot where we can uh, we can enjoy a double to even triple digit growth in uh, in in the coming years without having to really raise a lot of capital. Yeah, fair enough. There. Uh, what have you you said? You've addressed the total addressable market. What do you have to say in terms of total customers on the platform? Uh, we are an enterprise market, so our company sort of uh, looks more like say a Viva Systems or something like that as opposed to a Salesforce. Sure. So. Uh, so we are a, a little over a couple dozen customer at this point. Okay. I mean, so like 36, a fair number. Yep. Somewhere around that. Okay. I mean, and then you gave me kind of minimum ACV earlier of a hundred grand. So can I take 36 times that you guys are doing about 300 grand a month right now on revenue? Uh, we are, uh, over, uh, we are over 10 million in ARR at this oh, point. Okay. That's been just to be clear. That's pure SaaS. Yes. Okay. So that would mean you're doing closer to like 830 you know, grand a month. That just means your ACV is a little higher on the 36. It's, it's, the average is higher than 100 grand. So it's kind of an, a bimodal, uh, bimodal distribution that we have. Uh, there are some modules where, which are sort of uh, land modules are, are at a smaller ACV, but our larger customers are the ones that have stuck around for a while. And we've been able to upsell them some pretty good amount over the years. So it's got an inherent sort of growth rate built in because of the, uh, the, um, uh, the way we are able to upsell ourselves into these uh, customers be, with the three dimensions that we just talked about earlier in the in the call, uh, but it's a very bimodal distribution, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But bimodal, you mean you you very much see power laws. Your your top your top ten percent of customers make up more than eighty percent of your revenue. Uh, I would say our um, uh, the, by bimodal, what I meant was um, our we have two cohorts. One cohort of companies are ones where. Uh, the average ACVs are around uh, 100 to 200K. Another cohort where the average ACVs are somewhere around 500 to a million. And uh, we're essentially trying to um, do the job, do our job well so that we can move a lot of this cohort in the early uh, sort of the 100 to 200K range, show them really good success uh, with us 
and inherently grow them into the larger uh, larger pool. Yeah, Guru, just to be clear though, I mean, if you're doing 10 million bucks in ARR and you've got one account at that million dollar mark you just said, that's 10% of your revenue right there. That's what I was trying to get at saying you've got, you know, your top customers make up a significant portion of your revenue. Yes, so that that's absolutely true. I think there's, there'll be, there's certainly sort of that, uh, um, uh, that mechanics that are built in. There'll be some customers who are actually making up a good portion of our revenue. Yeah. And, and talk to me about growth. So if you're at a 10 million run rate today, where were you about a year ago, October, 2017? Uh, we're, so we're a private company and we're not uh, discussing our growth rates and all of that uh, in public. But on the, uh, having said that, uh, we, um, we're, we're, uh, uh, we're uh, so about until 2016, 20, early 2017, we were in this, uh, uh, the way that I look at the company and I've been building the companies to sort of be in that uh, in the in the or, or be the winners in the uh, in the market of uh, of of retailer and dynamic pricing, and and we were able to go out and win some very good deals and have some top tier customers like say Staples or Best Buy and Home Depot and Nordstrom and folks like that. And then 2018 was all about um, expanding ourselves in the new market. So the company building uh, as uh, the, the 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 formula for company building has not just been. Uh, purely growth in ARR at this point. Yeah, by the way, Guru, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting you to say growth is probably like 20% year over year right now because you're repositioning. But but I wanted to hear you say it. I mean, it sounds like you actually are a little, you have like a, maybe it feels weak to you, but you are repositioning, so it makes sense. I mean, what was your growth? Like, was it in the 10 to 30% range? No, it was definitely double digits. Okay. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it's... Uh, uh, the way we are measuring the again the 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 reason I was describing that to you was the fact that our measurement of growth in the retail business was slightly uh, was a different way for us to as was as versus the brands business. The brands business we're both SaaS though, right? Uh, both of them are SaaS. Uh, the brands business, the consumer brands business, we've been doubling every quarter. But again, it's very early days. It's just uh, the fourth quarter, the third quarter that we've been in business in the consumer brands business. But that's been enjoying a very strong growth rate. Yeah. So a year ago, you had no revenue really coming in from that product is what you're saying. And you're excited about that product. But I, from, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here. What I'm hearing you say is if you add in the old product that maybe wasn't growing as fast, it's why you invented a new product. Your average, when you put them all together, your growth rate maybe doesn't feel as impressive as you think it should right now. But you are excited about the new product. That's right. I think yeah. So uh, that's that's a way to a way to say it. Uh, that's what our, people will uh, think, though, Guru. I'm just going to point out. I mean, like I'm looking at signals. Right? Haven't raised in two years. You've already raised. So like, there's a time bomb there, no matter what. You said it yourself. If a company is growing, you're going to spend more upfront because your CAC's upfront, and you're going to bet on the LTV. So if you know the channels work, you actually need to raise more money to keep growing. If you're not growing as fast, you don't need to raise money. So like all these signals, my audience is going to be thinking, okay, like I get it. He, he his growth isn't as impressive as maybe others in Silicon Valley, but he's repositioning. They're going to respect that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think uh, look, I think if you if uh, for us the, uh, the 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 fundamentals of uh, of raising capital is for us has been always from where we uh, at a at a from a position of want to raise money and we're in need of some money. I think all of those check all of these things need to check check out for us. At this point, we uh, we we are just coming out of this uh, out of this uh, market expansion and getting into a new market, so proving things out. In about, say, uh, uh, say when we hit a year anniversary, we've shown consistent doubling of this new business every quarter. It looks very consistent. So it sort of checks out the sexiness aspect of it. But And also from that, at that point, we'll have to really take a step back and see if we really need to raise money. When we're getting 
when when we uh, when we get strong strong MRRs and the headcount uh, does not really require us to spend so much money in uh, uh, in R and D. Maybe we sort of start going towards a more profitable uh, growth equation as opposed to pumping uh, too much money very uh, very abruptly. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's definitely uh, 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 I think the uh, the concept of sort of uh, uh, being relevant and being sexy by showing that you can raise money is not something that we subscribe. That's to. not what I was saying. No, no, you're positioning that a very different way than what I'm articulating. What I'm saying is you haven't identified the growth channels they can pour money into to drive growth. And so you haven't had to go out and raise capital because you don't know where you'd spend it. That's a very different equation than saying, I don't want to chase sexy VC dollars. Clever spin, by the way, but very different. No, I think uh, I think you you have a you have a point. Definitely. We have uh, at this point, we are at uh, we are we you're figuring we it to, out. We, approve, we need to prove out our, our consumer branch business and uh, show a consistent growth for us to go out and uh, and and really sort of pour that level of dollars. Makes complete sense. Makes complete. I totally get it. Makes complete sense. Uh, right now, as you're experimenting on the new product, you, it's been in the market. It sounds like three or four months to sign up a new hundred thousand dollar ACV account. How aggressive are you being on CAC? Will you spend up to that full amount to acquire them? Uh, yeah. So right now, our um, uh, our uh, we've got two enterprise reps uh, going out and uh, and selling. We're still building out the sales team. Uh, so roughly our uh, Cost of customer acquisition is right around, um, say, it's paying back within a year, and we expect that to be better. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, again, you mentioned earlier your ACVs are you know 100 to 200 grand in year one, so that would mean if you spend up to 100 grand, you get it paid back in a year. Your your CAC is about 100 grand. Yeah, yeah. So a, a, a little a, a, right around there, I do expect our CAC to go up. Uh, but our ACVs are also going up. Yeah, next year. you know that makes one. Well, it sounds like you have healthy expansion revenue. You you cited a customer earlier that doubled their ACV year over year, so that allows you to you know spend more on CAC. That's right. That's sure. Yeah. Um, talk to me about team size. How many folks on the team today? We're currently about eighty FTEs. Okay. Uh, spread between here and uh, India, we've got our engineering center in India, but our sales, marketing, customer success, finance, and GNL is, is all over here. Very good, Guru. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, well, I've just uh, ended. Uh, I've just stopped reading the uh, the um, uh, the Challenger sale. I thought it was a fantastic book and long overdue. I, I couldn't uh, believe that I hadn't read it in such a long time. Uh, maybe it's because we subscribed to the idea and did not f- find a need to read it. But a great book and I highly recommend it. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Jeff Bezos has always been uh, a role model. So uh, definitely, sort of look at his. Uh, uh, not just the way that he uh, uh, he's growing the company, but a uh, big fan of the cultural aspects of things, uh, the hiring practices uh, and all those things. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? Well, right now uh, we've been using this uh, email list very interestingly. Uh, it may not be a tool. I don't know if it qualifies to be a tool, but there's a really good email list that uh, uh, Peter Kazanti uh, dr- uh, drives or uh, owns and, and moderates called uh, Modern SaaS. Uh, it's a it's an email list that uh, CEOs and heads of sales are subscribed to. It's been just a phenomenal tool for us to uh, uh, to just just do some peer networking and bounce off ideas from peers. And sorry, who writes that? Uh, it's a uh, it's it's the the email list is called uh, Modern SaaS, and uh, it's been moderated by uh, Peter Kazanji. Where do I get that? Like, if my audience wants to sign up for that, I'm I'm googling it right now. Nothing obvious pops up. Modern SaaS. Peter, yeah. uh, uh, I, 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 modern SaaS at Google Groups, but um, uh, I think if you oh, co-founder of Talent Bin, 
that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll put a link to that. That sounds like a really valuable resource. Um, okay, good. Uh, number, where are we at here? Uh, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, about six. And what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Married with one child. One. All right, and how old are you? Uh, he's seven. You? Uh, oh, me. I'm uh, uh, 39. 39. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Well, uh, 20-year-old self. Uh, I would have uh, probably started the company a little earlier and um, and and maybe worked with a startup before uh, starting a new company. Boomerang Commerce said he would have started a company earlier, founded this one in 2012 after stints at Amazon and eBay, helping big brands really understand how to drive higher returns on their e-commerce products, uh, moving right now, kind of focusing, doubling down on larger brands. They've got about 36 customers doing, call it 10 million bucks today in ARR. They've raised 20 million bucks to drive this growth, net revenue retention annually, call it in the 110 to 120% range, willing to spend up to one year of ACV on acquisition, so call it a hundred grand there a team of 80 people between california and india guru thanks for taking us to the top thank you so much nathan